to rap what he beat to lock. We beat, we beat to rap what he beat to lock. But we beat to rap what he beat to lock. But we beat to rap what he beat to lock. But we beat to rap what he beat to lock. Hi, and welcome back to Moose Gums Podcast. I'm your host, Kat Johnson, and today I'll be sitting down and talking with Bridget Azul. Super excited to be doing this interview. Uh, Bridget and I got acquainted through um, Cypherpunk. We both were performers on that show, and I'm really excited what she has going on, and let's introduce you to her. Hey, Bridget, can you hear me? Hey, Kat, yes, I can. Hi there. Awesome. Hi, how are you? I'm doing well. How are you? I'm good, thank you. How would you like this to flow? Do you want to go ahead and introduce yourselves to the listeners? Sure, yeah, I can go ahead and introduce myself and just kind of give a quick little uh, background uh, of who I am and what I'm about real quick, if that's an easy way to to get going. (laughs) Jump right in. Uh, well, my name is Bridget Azul, and I am a Dallas-based drag queen, um, and I am a regular at uh, the Roundup Saloon and Dance Hall in Dallas. It's a world-renowned uh, bar here in Dallas, and um, I'm one of their saloon girls. Um, normally, when it's not you know pandemic times, I would normally be there uh, at least twice a week doing shows. Uh, but uh, I've been doing drag for a couple of years now, and I am award-winning, um, particularly at uh, Roundup Saloon, so we can definitely get into that. But uh, uh, I would, yeah, and, and I guess my uh, my style is kind of like a, like a pop, kind of like a, it's like a punk pop, e-girl type of aesthetic, if, like all of those things rolled up into one thing. Uh, but that's kind of like the, I guess, the, the super, super condensed yeah. intro well, into just from a, that, I, I can't believe that you've only been doing this for a couple years. Um, yeah. That's incredible. I honestly, I, I admire what you create so much because it's just well done. Everything you do is so clean and it's very well produced. Um, I, I can oh, tell you. you're very down to every detail from your costume to how it's recorded. Every, the entire uh, process through and through is executed. But with that, um, I'm interested in, you know, where where did you start? Where did you grow up? How did your creative journey and process kind of um, get going? Well, you know, I, um, I'm born and raised here in Texas. Um, I was born in a town called Louisville, and uh, I, I now currently live uh, not too far away from there. And uh, I, so I, I live about 20 minutes outside of Dallas, so I, I was raised in the Texas scene. Uh, but, I mean, I've always been, I would say, I, I, I would bet that my, my parents would agree that I've always been a creative kid. Uh, so, I mean, I was taking art classes, uh, you know, I did gymnastics as a kid to like let out some of my more creative, like physical energy. And, uh, and then I, I started getting into, uh, band. I was a, a band kid at middle school and high school playing clarinet. And, but it, it wasn't really until, um, uh, I was out of high school that, uh, I started to kind of, uh, well, that I was a 
brought to my attention that drag was even a thing. Mm -hmm. Um, I I mean, I had seen uh, my first experience with those. I had seen uh, Derek Barry on America's Got Talent. And gosh, I don't know what year that was now, but early, early 2000s and kind of being captivated by that. And then it was when I saw uh, Willem on uh, on YouTube is when I decided, oh, I, I really, I guess, saw what goes into drag. Mm-hmm. And I thought to myself, like, well, that's that's beautiful. And and I, I have a lot of feminine energy. I mean, I was that little boy growing up playing in my, my mom's clothes and uh, my little sister and I would get into tutus and, you know, put little bows in our hair and dance around and like we would lip sync to our favorite songs so go figure it's what i do now (laughs) but uh but i mean so i guess it all kind of started then playing dress up with my sister like my attraction to uh to feminine things to quote unquote women's clothing right um and, and everything that goes along with that and i was always attracted to uh strong female uh, representation in media and so like I, I was really just drawn to the, the strength and femininity um, and so once I figured out what drag was at that point I just knew I had to get my my hands on the makeup and mm-hmm. start that journey playing with the makeup and, and putting it all together but that's my long-winded <laughs> answer to your question yeah, that's there. Awesome. and that's another thing you know while you were delving into that I was thinking you know yeah like even before you mentioned it like confidence in your like you're a confident person I'm just flat out gonna put it out there and um that's something that I really really admire tell me what has that confidence always been there or you talked a little bit about like these women in media that you looked up to um who are some of those women I'm interested Oh yeah, absolutely. Um, and, and no, the the confidence. I just thank you for saying that. I really appreciate that because it's it's something that I've really had to work on. Um, so thank you. And so it wasn't always there, but because um, I, I was closeted all the way up until I was nineteen. So I was I was a sophomore, and I'm twenty five now. So it, I was wow. a sophomore in college when I came out. So I mean, I never really identified with the the males that I saw on screen but uh, like my very the very first uh, woman that I looked up to um, in media was Vanessa Carlton believe it or not she had that that one hit wonder that everybody heard about a thousand miles it was on the white chicks movie and everyone like knew her from there but uh, that was the very first CD that I ever owned was her her debut album and so she was kind of my exposure to to women in media. Uh, but of course, before her, I was exposed to her, uh, my my parents were uh, huge country fans, so I was exposed, of course, to you know Dolly Parton and Shania Twain was one of the big ones that I latched onto as a as a small child. But uh, the big one that did that really is kind of still to this day as my idol is uh, Lady Gaga. I, I even have uh, "Born This Way" tattooed on my arm, and um, along with like a little unicorn uh, to symbolize her. So mm-hmm. she was the she was the one that um, that like really showed me what uh, confidence looks like uh, and how uh, how beautiful it can be. Uh, that paired with uh, such just fierce feminine energy that I was, I've always been so drawn to it. So, so seeing that in, in somebody and 
who was also you know uh, advocating for queer people mm-hmm. uh, and, and saying that it's okay and it's beautiful that she was she's the big one for me uh, my my big female icon there those are all really I looked up to Shania Twain um, you know driving in my mom's car she was always playing uh, Shania Twain and of course Lady Gaga Queen definitely yeah um, <laughs> yeah that's so um let's see so let's talk a little bit about how come I don't want to say how obviously coming out is you know a difficult process in itself I would not have any idea what that's like but you said you waited till you were 19 mm-hmm. um you know I kind of want to like because to get and for my own like um, I'm, I'm bi, I, mm-hmm. and this is going in a direction, like, I didn't even think that this episode was going to go into. But that's great, yeah. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so, and that was something I had to kind of discover about myself when I got sober three years ago. Um, I am in, like, a really loving and, like, really understanding healthy relationship, and this is, like, I don't know. Like I, he, it's just, well, congratulations. Something. That's amazing. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> I haven't talked about it with like my family, um, with my friends, you know, I hold a lot of that male energy. You've talked about holding a lot of that female energy. Mm-hmm. Do you have any, like, um, I don't know, suggestion on, or experience strength and hope on what I could gain from being open about that? with everyone in my life? Oh, well, I I think I can, um, I think I can speak a little bit to that, um, mainly because uh, my experience with coming out with this, uh, I I was, I guess I was surprised in a way at just how well everybody, like in my family took it. Um, Like, it was very much, we already knew, and like, it was kind of more of a, what took you so long like we thought like what was a something that we did that like made you feel like you know not want to come out sooner which of course like that the obvious that was not the case and everybody you know i was terrified for other reasons too uh mine being i was just mercilessly bullied in school based just based off of rumors (laughs) that i was gay so i I didn't dare confirm them um but i would say that like for me anyway it was the, the just the um, the liberation of it all. Uh, just, I think that that, that kind of ties into what allowed me to tap into uh, this uh, this confidence that that I have now is just shedding that worry of having to um, to conceal anything. Really, is I feel is so freeing, and and I mean. I don't know who you know in your life who like what your you know, your reasons are are I'm sure you know complicated just as mine were. Uh, if there's any people you're keeping it from, or but uh, I mean everyone needs to do it in their own time. I'm a huge advocate of that. I was actually just um, speaking. Uh, I, I had a 
a wonderful opportunity to speak with a high school uh, gay straight alliance club that a friend of mine teaches at. Um, and it was wonderful to get to speak with them and talk about this, this same uh, subject coming out to people. And I, I definitely think it's very important that, uh, that nobody makes you feel that you should, like nobody pressures anybody on to do this because it's all our own journey. And, um, like we all will come out on our own terms and whichever way we want to, whenever we feel comfortable. So, I mean, I would say that once you, what, whoever, you know, is listening to this is in the closet, you know, it, it, whenever it's, it feels right, it's right. And whenever you feel comfortable, that's the time you should do it. But I will say that it's super, super beautiful on the other side. And it's so liberating <laughs> to just, you know, full speed ahead, like not worry about, okay, well, you know, they don't know, about this part, this part about me, but now I don't have to worry about hiding it anymore. So they know now, like, if that makes sense, I'm rambling now. But. No, no. I love, I'm, I really appreciate this message. And um, it's such a strong um, message you're carrying right now. Because um, it, it, it really does, a lot of people know in my life. Um, and it's just weird, the closest people don't, um, other than my, you know, my partner, but um, I guess they might know now if they listen to this podcast. So, hi, mom. <laughs> <laughs> Perhaps. I mean, as long as that's what that's what's in your journey. <laughs> right. um, like when you're listening to this back later, yeah, if that's what's in your journey, right? Then I'm honored to be a part of it. <laughs> <laughs> no, but yeah, you know, um, personal choice and honor what's going on inside you. I love that. Um, so you talk a little bit about um, getting bullied in high school. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, tell me what that was like. Well, um, it thank goodness it, it never escalated to physical bullying. Thankfully, um, I was I, I was fortunate in that regard. But I mean, as I'm sure you know, words hurt just sometimes even more okay. than some like physical bullying would would hurt. But uh, you know, it started as I guess really as early as I can remember, uh, I guess social, like quote unquote social status within a school, as long as I can remember that being relevant, I can remember being called faggot or, you know, um, it's being told to kill myself over it and that God doesn't love me. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and all, just all that sorts of thing. But it was, you know, on the daily basis that just paired with, just people shouting the word gay at me and in such an angry way. Mm-hmm. Uh, and at, and at, at er, earlier times there, you know, I didn't even know what that meant, but I knew that it obviously wasn't good. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, at least that, that's what was going through my mind then, because I mean, whatever this is, I thought, you know, these people clearly don't like it. <laughs> and if I want to be liked by these people, I should probably not be that. Mm-hmm. Um, but so that, that that was really what I dealt with, and uh, it culminated on. I don't know if you remember that dreadful uh, website called FormSpring that we oh, all yeah. used there for oh, a hot God. minute. Oh my goodness! <laughs> I had one that. for ten minutes, and it was flooded with like faggot, kill yourself, and all of that. And, you know, within ten minutes, I you know drawn to tears and had to delete this FormSpring and. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but that, so that's the kind of bullying that I faced. Um, and, you know, I, I never really got to uh, confront anybody about it. But 
I, cause I graduated high school and, you know, just full speed ahead, never looked back. <laughs> I mean, I, I, I've been, I, I deleted everybody on my high school from my, mm. all my social media and I was like, I'm a new person. <laughs> Yeah. Um, so during those times, did you have a support system, maybe family, friends that you did turn to, or was it completely like you, you face life on life's terms and just left it all behind? Thankfully, I, I, I did have, uh, some people, some support system. Like I had, there are a small, very small handful of individuals from my high school days that I do still keep in contact with. And mm-hmm. that they're, and I actually spoke with one of them later and I actually dated her a few times mm-hmm. <laughs> in high school when I was that closeted. And like she, she and I are super, super close now. And uh, her name is Layla. I'm sure she went by me plugging her. So, hey, girl. <laughs> but uh, she, I even remember, like, we, we've talked about it, of course, since then. But she even told me that um, she, among with a lot of others, that they knew that I was, you know, maybe that they didn't know that I was gay, but they knew that, like, I was different then. And and what she told me later on was that whenever people would spread that rumor or if it got around to her, mm-hmm. uh she would deny it even though you know she in her heart of hearts knew you know what what i was about mm-hmm. uh she would do it to defend me because she told me later that that you know she was that that's not my place she goes if you wanted to be in the closet then that's fine you can be in there and mm-hmm. we'll be here when you get out so mm-hmm. there i i'm very fortunate that thankfully there were i had my, you know my small group of, of people um that and they all know who they are like i still got them in my phone and mm-hmm. we still talk every now and again some of us more often than others but i'm just i am grateful that i wasn't alone and i know that there are so many that go through something similar or even worse than what i went through mm-hmm. um and they did it alone and for i can't even imagine that so i i, I was fortunate enough to and of course my family was very very supportive i mean i know, i don't want that to, to be misconstrued in any way that my like my my immediate family has never been anything but but wonderful and supportive even now through all of my my art and dragon and all of that uh now they didn't i didn't come out to them of course until i did with everybody else but mm-hmm. again i think that they they knew and were just kind of like when they, when he's ready so yeah i wasn't alone thankfully good yeah i think it's so important and that's a huge reason why my art really took a turn to really you know um be there for life is just hard man and it's like for for a while art that like hardness in high school that kind of fueled the flame in my art when I was doing like painting and visual art stuff like that there's a lot a lot of like dark subject there but um when I look at your art it's just it's vibrant it's beautiful it's colorful it's um it shows a story in itself that you've overcome it's like you. you're just confident and like you like, would never and, and, know you know I, it's it, I think while a lot of what that is is that my body of work at least drag related I I didn't begin doing that until I was in such a better place in my life like I didn't even conceive Bridget until I was already out I I had already been uh, with my my boyfriend for 
uh, God, at the time, I guess we were together for three years then, and we've been together for five now. So yeah, I, I was happier than I'd ever been when I started doing this art. So I, I don't think that, yeah, I've had any sort of, I mean, maybe now <laughs> there's been some more negative things creeping in with, with the world happening around us, but I try to keep it light and, and happy to make myself happy. <laughs> yes, yes, it's a mindset. Um, so let's talk about the birth of Bridget Azul, or um, was it a spur-of-the-moment idea, was it... Um, a slow coming thing it was kind of a slow burn um what it was was uh, i remember thinking back i was playing through some old video games and the video game that uh, had like it was called portal runner on playstation 2 if you ever played that they were all like little toys that you played as you like played as a little army woman but uh, the villain of that story was a little fashion doll named bridget blue <laughs> and uh she I actually cosplayed as her. I'll have to try to find a photo and send it to you now after we're yes. done with this. But uh, I cosplayed as her but uh, much later on. But I thought that she was fabulous and she looked like a drag queen. And she had this tiny waist and these big hips and bright red lips and purple hair. I just thought she was fabulous. And so that's when I had the idea. Like when I went back and started playing those games again uh, as, as an adult that I thought, huh, you know, if I'm going to try to do this drag thing, like, or maybe if I ever want to think about doing it, like, this is, this is kind of what I want to do. Like, th this is who I want to model after, model her after. Uh, thing was, at the time, I was um, se severely overweight at that time. And in my head, I had a very, very specific idea for what I wanted her to look like. And I told myself, okay, you know what, I'm going to use this as like to, as a swift kick in my ass, like, and then I'm going to give myself and I didn't let myself do like Bridget for the first time. And I was like, okay, I'm gonna, I'm not gonna let myself be her until I can get my my health in order so that I can be her. Like I, I don't want it, her to look like anything else, but with this image I have in my head. And so over the next like, you know, year or so, I think, or six months or so, uh, I dropped, I ended up dropping 90 pounds total. And I was like, okay, yep, it's time to be Bridget now. <laughs> and like, of course, all, all that time I was like trying to play with makeup and work on my face a little bit. Uh, but it was once all that happened, I was like, okay, uh, it's time she can come out now. Uh, but even then it was just at those times, it was, I'm going to spend four hours putting on a face and getting in a costume, taking a few photos in my bathroom and then taking it all off and going to bed. <laughs> like it was, that was, that's what I did for the longest time before actually performing. But, but that's kind of the, the birth of her. And of course I would be lying if I said, if I didn't uh, credit RuPaul's Drag Race being a thing mm. <laughs> to my becoming a drag queen. I love uh, that story. Um, I love that whole process. So have you brought... So in that process, it kind of sounds like before you present anything to the world, you work hard at it and you make sure it's perfect because that is like serious dedication right there. <laughs> yeah, you could say that. Yeah. <laughs> Dropping 90 pounds, like, man. <laughs> it, I put a little bit of it back on now through quarantine. I mean, who hasn't right now? <laughs> but, you yeah, know. How is health and, um, you know, health exercise is that something that comes along with being a drag queen if you have to like if you've created this um you know persona like 
do you have to maintain it or does that persona change with what you know what you're actually going through or I would say I mean I I would say it, it, it's definitely not it depends on who the queen is like it's definitely not important to everybody uh, nor should it be you know uh, yeah. but because to we everyone's got their own aesthetic and everyone's got their own body shape and it, it's all beautiful yeah. uh but so it, it depends on what you yourself want um and so for me uh, to answer that question i mean yeah yes and yes and no uh yes and no excuse me that was weird <laughs> yes most of the time however i would with the whole pandemic situation happening and just all the stresses that come with that I've actually been kind of going on a little journey of like self-acceptance again being like hey hey you know hey that you're putting all weight right now it's okay that you're not fitting this picture perfect image that you created in yourself that like yeah you were able to achieve for a while there but like sometimes expectation like you know sometimes things are out of my control Mm -hmm. and that's okay and it's okay to like you know it's okay to drop the ball quote unquote whatever that ball is for whoever it is for me like the ball that I was carrying was I wanted to to stay fit and continue all of that and I dropped that ball that I gave myself and Mm -hmm. or I felt that anyway and so it was kind of working through it's okay to to allow myself to to change a little bit so Mm -hmm. so recently uh I've haven't been as concerned with it with my like at home dry that I've been doing mm-hmm. uh but in in the beginning for sure I did keep a lot at it especially when uh after I won a competition looking like that <laughs> and that's when I thought okay like if I want to continue to work I I th- this is how people know me so this is what I have to maintain because mm-hmm. in my head especially at that time it was if people are going to come to see me, they're going to, they're going to come with an expectation in mind. Mm-hmm. And I want to make sure I give them what they're coming to see. Right. Uh, which can become toxic. <laughs> it can become a toxic mindset. Um, so I think that this, I'm, I'm choosing to look at this uh, crazy time we're in, at least as, as far as my art goes, as a an exercise of uh, self-love and self-acceptance mm. in a different way. No, that's... That's a huge thing right now. A lot of communities are getting hit with, um, you know, having to not have expectations right now and approach yourself kindly and gently. So, um, sounds like, sounds like you're taking it with ease. So that's good. Um, let's talk about, um, how the drag community has kind of, you know, you being a performer, um, at Saloon Girls, how, I'm sure you built a community there. How, is everything going? Are they kind of finding their way? Is it gonna, is it, do you predict it being somewhat normal? I know there is no such thing as going back to the normal, but, um, right. What do you, what I mean, do you kind of see going on? Well, uh, right now they have now uh, to, to get the, you know, first and foremost, personally, I will not be returning for a while. Uh, just for my own personal comfort reason, I have, I have some family that are high risk, so I need to, to just keep keep that in mind. Um, so I personally will not be, but I do know that um, you know some bars have been reopening up um, with very strict precautions, and uh, in particular, my my bar uh, just recently opened up uh, as a restaurant, and so that they went through all the proper inspections and then everything. So they're following all the protocol. 
But, you know, for me right now, personally, I still am just a little bit uncomfortable doing that. So mm-hmm. I know that they are just shifting show sizes a lot smaller, like they're, they're adapting where they can. Uh, they, I, I am fortunate enough that drag is not my main source of income. I do have a day job. Yeah. So I, I don't have, I don't, I guess, feel the need to, to go out and do that just quite yet. Right. But I do know that a lot of my sisters and um, uh, siblings in drag, this is their main source of income. So this is, they've been hit very hard with this. So mm. I, I'm very, I'm very much wishing everybody the best and making, I, I wish and hope that everyone stays safe and, mm-hmm. and that uh, they continue to be able to support themselves through their art and give people joy during this time, but just doing it safely. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, I don't think that it'll ever be the same mm-hmm. again, which is weird to think about. It, it's a weird reality to, to consider, but I, I do think that uh, at least for for now, gone are the days of uh, walking around a, a huge crowd and being mm-hmm. able to kiss strangers on the cheek mm-hmm. and you know hug them as you take a tip from them. like that. Those yeah. really really intimate connections with audience members. I think those types of days are gone for, for now. Uh, I really hope that they can come back one day. Uh, but, but besides that, uh, digital shows have been, as you know, you, you've been a part of them. Uh, digital yeah. shows are, are all the rage. Totally. And I think that kind of leads us to our next, uh, segment. I want to talk about everything because obviously, you know, we can talk about how hard all this has been, but really like you're an artist that kind of, thrived in this pandemic you know I see you've started so many different things um tell me about some of those projects sure uh well I I love this actually because uh this time I I'm a it's allowing me to flex muscles that I don't normally get to flex within my art here my drag because my I have a degree in uh film and like media and, and so I I know how to, and in my day, part of what my day job is, is making training videos for corporations. So oh, I, I make these little video projects. I went to school for it. I do it as my day job. So when, when that kind of became the, the vehicle of drag for right now, I was very excited because mm-hmm. I just thought like, oh, wow, okay. Like there are so many other things that I can do through the medium of video than I, than I can do on, on stage. And so I, I chose to, and a lot of other entertainers, I, I, it's been so cool seeing what everybody does in, in this environment, but I just, I took it as a challenge. I, I wanted to look at it as a fun challenge to, to see how I can mesh my two worlds. Uh, because while I was going to school, really focusing on the, the, the creative video aspect of things, Bridget wasn't really a thing then. And so it's fun now that she is a thing. I can put her into all of, all of that, uh, that other skill set that I have. So it's, it's fun blend, blending versions of art. Uh, but, but yet you mentioned I've been starting a lot of projects and right now I'm a little bit you know, I'm a little bit laggy on some of them because my day job has gotten very busy. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I, I've been do, been a part of many uh, digital shows, which have been super fun. Uh, those are super fun because I could just send, you know, work on my videos, send it in, and on show night, be in my pajamas with my popcorn, just mm-hmm. watching along with everyone else, and and that's always fun. Uh, but I do also have a YouTube channel that I has, I started a show 
uh, that I'm calling Bridget Bitches, where, I mean, I, I just saw, I've been loving all of the commentary and, like, Let's React videos on YouTube, and I just thought, like, hey, like, I'm already talking to my TV, like, with them anyway. I may, I may as well just, like, get into drag and, and just do this in front of a camera instead, and, and maybe someone else can get some enjoyment out of it as much as I am just talking to my screen. <laughs> so uh, I started doing that as well. And uh, I'll be covering like games, movies, uh, drag related things, uh, TV shows, all that noise. So <clears throat> pardon me, but that that's, I got two episodes of that done and I'm hoping to get back to that soon. Uh, but that, so I'm, I'm trying to just trying to keep busy with it. Yeah. Uh, I have a couple of other video ideas to, uh, but those are, it's hard to get those shot in my little apartment because <laughs> my ideas are so, some of them are so grand. Like I need a budget <laughs> to make some of these happen, but we make do. <laughs> yeah. I've actually watched um, Bridget Bitches. It's, it, it's entertaining. I like it. I like it a lot. <laughs> Thank you. All, all two of those episodes uh, that are up right now. <laughs> More are coming. I promise how do you manage like that process? Cause I see you, you know, on cypherpunk, I don't want to give too much of their background, how they produce things, but you are always on time. You hit the mark, you make your things and they're very well, I guess having like that um, background in film obviously helps. But, um, so let's, when you have an idea, where do you start? Sure. So it it starts with the song, uh, always for me. Uh, I, I know that, that some people have like a look in mind first or or something like that. But for me, it's always the song. And my ideas 100% of the time hit me when I'm on a run. <laughs> so I, I will be jogging and I, I'll have like all of my pop divas playing. And then one of, uh, one of the songs will come on and I don't know what happens, but it suddenly it's like a part of the song will hit. And I'll mm-hmm. think like an image of Bridget lip syncing, like just that portion of the song, but like doing something and looking some sort of way mm-hmm. will just happen. And then from there, I'm, I always just think, okay, great. That's fun. Now, now what else can I do? So I, then I spend the entire rest of my run with that one song on replay, like building the, the whole video in my head. Uh, and of course, like I said, it's always a lot more grand and elaborate in, when I'm envisioning it. Like, I, I see myself making, you know, Lady Gaga level music videos. That's what I see in my head. Uh, no, I love that because, one, <laughs> like, you're running. Like, that in itself is, like, when I'm running, all I'm thinking about is, like, breathe. Like, you are going to live through this. So yes. I, I find it extremely interesting that you're fi- you're finding this um, visionary creative experience in, like, because you are in a meditative state while you're running, so sure. I, I find that um, I find that very very cool. I've never heard someone getting creative inspiration while they're you know sweating and have their adrenaline. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. It's never from anything that I'm seeing either. Like I really couldn't tell you like what it is mm-hmm. that sparks whatever. Like the the most recent video I made was that a Halloween one. Uh, for Ooh. Ava Max's song "OMG, What Have You Done?" Mm-hmm. and just for whatever reason, when when that for the first lyric of that chorus came on, my my I thought in my head, I'm like, oh, okay, great, like this is like a, a 
like a Frankenstein woman like trapped in a cage by an evil scientist. Like I don't I don't know why, <laughs> but it, it was like just one line of a song. I'm like, okay, great. The whole scenario just popped. I was like, okay, great. Well, I can just go home and yeah. write all that down in my notes app and write down all the looks I'm going to try to do. And, and but, like, yeah. when you're creating the look, is it like, you know, you get it that first time or has there been times where you have to like wipe off all the makeup, start over, like, or do you have that practice pretty down to a T? Thankful. I mean, I don't, my makeup, I don't really tr switch it up all that much, if I'm being honest. <laughs> I just, I, I kind of do, I, I have figured out the formula to what makes a Bridget face a Bridget face and okay. like, recognizable as such. And so I kind of just play around with the color palette on that, with the exception of um, like my little Frankenstein look that I did that was a little different, but um, it's all muscle memory now. So like put, all putting the pieces where they go, but I mean, yes, I have, I've definitely, you know, hated the way that I looked and, and started over. Uh, it happens more, or I, I, I'm allowed to act on it now mm -hmm. <laughs> when I'm making a video. Uh, but definitely like I had those moments when it was we're performing live where like you just hate your face, but you just have to keep going because it's like you, you, you're running late. Like right. flash it, like the eyebrows are, are sisters, not twins this time. It's fine. <laughs> like just, <laughs> no one's going to notice, <laughs> but me anyway. So, uh, but I honestly, I don't really pre-plan. I used to think a lot about it. Um, and I think it was when I was competing, that was kind of like my competition mindset was like, uh, I would even consider like, okay, I'm going to pick a, a face, like a, a mug that's going to match all three of my outfits that I'm going to be wearing tonight for this competition. I want to make sure that it, it looks like it matches all three. Um, so that way I wouldn't have to change my makeup in between. Mm -hmm. uh, but now I'm just kind of like, I, I just whatever happens at, while I'm sitting at my, my vanity, whatever happens, happens. I have like the general idea of like what, what I'm going to wear. But as far as the whole look goes, when I, when I get first like struck with whatever I want it to be, it, it always is a little something again, more elaborate than what it ends up being because <laughs> I, I have champagne tastes on a wine budget or whatever, the, <laughs> on a beer budget, whatever the, the saying is. Uh, so I, I always then will kind of cross-reference what I see in my head with what's in my closet mm. and then kind of mix and match. I invest in a lot of separates, so I try to use that to kind of allow myself to make double the amount of outfits. Um, or if I, if that doesn't even work, if I don't still don't have anything, that's when I look to, uh, to like just something from online stores somewhere. Wow. You you were really incredible. Like, <laughs> oh, <stop>. I was, <laughs> <Thank you. laughs> there's so many layers there. And you know what? Every time I, um, talk and do this with, you know, people in the drag community, there's just so many layers to drag. And it's like, it's, it's mm. performance. It's, you know, costumes, it's makeup, it's wigs. It's, oh my gosh. Like, yeah. <laughs> You're so right. <laughs> and it's just, it's such a beautiful thing that um, you guys put out there. And I, I highly respect it. Um, I don't know. Do you, tell me what you're up to, um, like, in your day by day. Wait. Yeah. Uh, well, right now it's been just a lot of, I get out of my bed, walk across my apartment to my home office slash drag room slash storage, and I just sit and work all day. Yeah. Um, 
but I do have a little notepad at my desk that I do put uh, lip sync ideas or look ideas on while they strike me throughout the day. Cause it's not just, I mean, like sometimes like I'll, I'll make adjustments to whatever idea hit me on my run while I'm working. So I'll, uh, I'll be like, okay, you know, I, I have my sticky note for idea for this video and every I'll write whatever comes to mind that associates with that there. So I, like my sticky notes are lined up everywhere. And uh, so I'll work for a little while, uh, Thankfully, with the work from home, I'll work for a few hours, go do something else, come back, work for a few hours, do something else. Um, and in, in those do something else times, most of the time it's uh, daydreaming about <laughs> videos. And I'll um, this this weekend, I actually got to speaking of go through all my wigs and put all that stuff away and reorganize. <laughs> but if it's a day where I'm shooting something, it'll I'll work and then so I'll get up at like six in the morning. And I'll work from then until about, uh, I guess, 12 or 1 in the afternoon. And then at that point, I'll like eat a quick lunch, and then it's like it's go time. Excuse me. It's uh, set up my green screen, set up my lights, set up my camera, make sure batteries are charging. Um, and then it's start, It's time to do face, mm-hmm. which that takes a couple of hours. I, it used to take a lot longer, but thankfully it's a lot quicker now. But uh, Oh, well, I'm getting ahead of myself. Before face, it's you know, it's setting out everything I'm going to wear. If I'm going to have a costume change, like I have a a rack on my the back of my door that I'll I'll put. I call them my uh, my on deck stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I'll right now, like I've got like my last three looks hanging up there from that were from my on deck, and then I'll have my whatever wig I'm wearing on a wig head on, on the stand, and then like whatever secondary wig on the wall. So. I, I, I like to have everything lined up because I already know that I'm going to be stressed. <laughs> I'm going to be stressing myself out anyway. Just the process of making the video and being like, I'm being a one person show on this. Like right. all of it's me. It's the setup, the, the shots that like, it's all, all me and getting myself in a dragon and everything. So I already know that I'm going to be stressed out. <laughs> so I try to, to lay everything out and make it as smooth for me as possible. Mm-hmm. Cause I'm already going to be, you know, bouncing off the walls. So everything's lined up and then, then I'll sit and enjoy my, I make up time, listen to my podcasts, you know, run mm-hmm. through my song a few more times, and then it's go time, throw on the wig, or after, the, of course, the, the corset and the hip pads and the five pairs of tights and the bra and my little chicken cutlets, stuffing those in there, <laughs> and uh, then the costume goes on, and then it's when the wig comes on, and it's all, boom, she's here, and then uh, it's it's go time, getting out there and performing from my camera in the middle of my living room in full drive at like six o'clock in the evening. (laughs) I love that. And I love that you show yourself even self-love in the process by, you know, setting everything out nice and organized, make it a little bit less stressful for you. That's um, some self I mean, not even just for my sake, my poor boyfriend having to deal with me (laughs) (laughs) while I'm stressing out. Goodness, he helps me where he can, and Aww. he's very helpful. <laughs> he actually has done a lot of my outfits, even like he's wow. very hands on. Um, and and the House of Azul is what I call my my team that helps me. It consists of uh, my boyfriend Ethan, and my little sister, my my actual my biological little sister uh, Delaney, and then our, our wonderful friend Kelby and. And yeah, there are, and my mom, of course, she would hate if I didn't say that she was in it because, of course, she's in it. <laughs> um, but yeah, my, my team helps a lot. But yeah, that's that's a, that's a whole tangent that I'm going on. But 
but yeah, I, I try to keep myself uh, as stress-free as possible during the, the video filming time. That's really cool that everyone has a, likes to play a part in your art. That's, yeah, I, I can't say, like, I've kept my, it was like such a personal thing. Like, this is my art, right? Like, this is what I do. Mm -hmm. And that's, that's my old way of thinking. But it's so much, so much more full of love when you get to share it and let people be a part of it. Yeah. yeah, and you know that's fine to if if to keep your art to yourself. Of course, like like we were talking about earlier, it's everyone's journey. I feel like the your artistic journey is is just yours as well. So when you're ready to share it, you're ready to share it. Yeah. Which I mean, I was looking through some of your videos and what you can do with that hula hoop blows my mind. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> that Thank stuff you. is so cool. <laughs> yeah, I'm. I don't know that thing, that whole hula hooping thing. That was a tool that helped me get through my high school years. So um, obviously, you're an artist. You had your thing. Like that tool was just it really kept me sane when I felt like I was going insane. <laughs> so yeah, I'm absolutely. happy to be. I'm starting to share that with the community and them running hula hoop classes, which I'm proud to be doing. But um, so glad. Thank you. That's great. Um, this has been. A wonderful interview, Bridget. Um, do you want to wrap it up? Let the listeners know where they can find you. Um, give a little hook. Sure, absolutely. Uh, you can find me like uh, on on Instagram is where I'm most active. Um, it's at b r i d g e t t e underscore a z u l. That's Bridget underscore Azul on Instagram. And then on YouTube, you can find me just by searching Bridget Azul on YouTube. It's just my name on there. Uh, you can find me there. I do have some of my lip syncs housed on there as well. So some of the lip sync videos we talked about here are uh, available on my YouTube channel, as well as the, the two episodes that exist of Bridget Bitches. Uh, but more will be there soon, I promise. But th that's where I'm most, most active. But this has been a wonderful chat. <laughs> Thank you, and I do recommend you all go check out Bridget Azul. Um, her art is incredible, incredible vibes, um, you. as you can tell from this podcast episode, and uh, thank you so much. Thank you. And I just want to say thank you again to my listeners. If you'd like to support this podcast, please hit the subscribe button and share with anyone you think would enjoy these episodes as well. You can also follow me at Moose Gumps on Instagram where I post some of my latest projects, personal art, and of course, release updates for the podcast. Thanks again for listening. Keep creating. <laughs>